Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew. G'day and welcome to Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew, a super series designed to help you get past seven of the most common mistakes Christians make when it comes to the Bible. Now, I'm your host, Mark Hadley, and I'm joined by Dr. Mike Bird, theological weightlifter and the author of the book by the same name. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone, and I'm feeling very buff, so it's great to be with you, Mark, and with everyone. <laughs> the next episode that we're dealing with is Chapter 6 of the book. The purpose of Scripture is knowledge, faith, love, and hope. Well, first off, Mike, thanks for being part of the show. And maybe we should start with the sort of purpose people might be putting to the Bible, apart from, say, a solid doorstop. What are they doing? Well, I mean, you can do all sorts of things. Uh, some people want to treat the Bible as like a rule book. Okay, this is the list of do's and don'ts from God. Now, that could be, I think, a little bit dangerous because it, it means that the, the Bible is more like a, a, a manual or a list of things you have to kind of do to avoid some sort of punishment. And if that's how mm. you're raised, you can grow up kind of like hating the Bible if it's just telling you do or don't do these things or else. But then you get the, the other side of it where people just treat the Bible as if it's sort of, you know, that, that daily piece of advice out of a calendar, you know, you know, today, January 21st, you know, um, be good to your mother or something like that, <laughs> or, you know, or is, isn't life grand or something like that. But, but we've got to remember the purpose of scripture is more than that. It's, it's so we can know God better. Yes, it commands us to live a certain way, but it also wants us to know our place in God's plan. It wants us to know that God is for us, Christ died for us, and the Spirit is with us. And above all, I think the Bible is written, the Bible is given to us so that we would have hope. That is what I think is the purpose of Scripture because, well, Scripture says so. Right. Well, we'll be talking more about that as we go on. The purpose of Scripture is knowledge, faith, love and hope up ahead in one of our interviews. But first, we're going to benefit from hearing a bit of Chapter 6. I love a good life hack. You know, those cute bits of advice that give you shortcuts to become more productive and efficient and that take the genuine hassle out of life? The other day, I found a great life hack which showed me how to use my phone to take a picture of a page in a book and then convert the picture into a Word doc so I don't have to type all the words out. Brilliant! It saved me many minutes of typing. There are also great life hacks for parents. My personal favourite if toddlers won't stay in their room at night, put a sock on their doorknob with a rubber band to keep it on. That way, the kid cannot grip the doorknob tight enough to open the door. I've done this. It works. Though you inevitably end up with toddlers going to sleep crying at the entrance to their room. But yeah, I love a good life hack. Be that as it may, Scripture is not a divine list of life hacks. Yes, it contains some great tips on everything from parenting to work habits to marriage and much more. The book of Proverbs and the letter of James both contain practical advice for how to live wisely and faithfully before God and others. But scripture was not written to help you lose weight, find a better career, be more productive in the office, be a better you or even discover yourself. 
Yes, the Christian scriptures can help us with the mundane elements of life, but scripture's true purpose transcends the mundane and draws us into the mystery of God's person, God's love, and God's promises to put all things under Christ's reign. The purpose and power of Scripture is experienced in the discipline of immersing oneself daily into the mystery of God as He reveals Himself in His Word. It is Scripture, under the Holy Spirit's guidance and with the tutelage of our Church's traditions, that enables us to achieve genuine and lasting transformation. It is by soaking ourselves in Scripture that we cultivate virtue, curate our character, and conform ourselves to the pattern of Christ. You can describe this in technical theological words like sanctification, that is, becoming more holy, or general descriptions like godliness, that is, become more like God in our character. If we engage in consistent and wise readings of the Bible, individually and communally, then hopefully we will reap many of the benefits from marinating our minds in Scripture. To put it briefly, I like to say that the purpose of Scripture is that God's people would attain the knowledge of God, deepen their faith, abound in love for God and love for others, and enjoy the assurance of hope. These are things we get from Scripture. Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew is brought to you by the Eternity Podcast Network, where you can find other cool podcasts like Salt. Join Jenny Salt as she presents a collection of interviews with everyday and high-profile Christians that bring to light the amazing things God has done in the midst of their normal lives. You can find Salt with a whole stable of other great podcasts over at eternitypodcast.com or just follow the link in the show notes. And also in the show notes, you'll find a link that will help you get your own copy of 7 Things I Wish Christians Knew. Now up next, each episode Mike Bird will interview a well-thought-out Christian who has lots to contribute on our current topic. For episode 6, Mike speaks to Amy Bird. Amy Bird is a respected speaker, writer and self-described old-school blogger. She's also the author of five books, including Housewife Theologian, theological fitness, and recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood, all of which makes Amy just the person we want to speak to when we're trying to understand why the purpose of Scripture is knowledge, faith, love, and hope. Hello, I am Mike Bird. I'm the the author of the book, Seven Things, this podcast is based on. And today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Amy Bird. Uh, No relation. In fact, a very different (laughs) spelling of bird. Amy spells bird with a Y. The cool way. And she's also based (laughs) in the United States, nowhere in Australia. Uh, But Amy, I mean, I know who you are. Could you Mm -hmm. please tell our listeners, mostly Australian listeners, uh, Mm, who is is Amy Bird? Who is Amy Bird? Well, I am a layperson, (laughs) informed layperson who started writing about women in the church as disciples. So um, I've written six books. My most recent one is Recovering from Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. 
uh, how the church can rediscover her purpose. Um, I have a book coming out um, on the sexual reformation and restoring the dignity and personhood of man and woman. Um, and I do speaking and blogging and sometimes podcasting and things like that. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And well, today, Amy, our topic is the purpose of scripture in the church. Now, for those who don't know, in, in the book, Seven Things, what I tend to, to major on are the topics of knowledge, faith, love, and hope. So, you know, knowing God better, having a deeper faith in God, love of God, love of neighbor, and, and having the hope that's given us in Christ Jesus. Uh, what would you say, Amy, uh, are some of the, the functions or the importance of Scripture in the local church? Mm. Well, I mean, if you're holding up these, these virtues and also, I mean, yeah, the supreme one is just knowing God and then being able to love him and, and love our neighbor. I think um, as you're using Scripture in church, we need to really think about, okay, this obviously isn't just any... <laughs> any book we're reading, it's not just a, a manual for us to learn how to be good people um, and good moral Christians, but that um, Christ is actually present in his word. And so, you know, we come to it that way, that it has a divine authorship um, as well as human authorship that is inspi the inspired word of God. Um, so I think that the, the way that we approach the Bible is really important. And, and what you're saying about the purpose of reading it um, then, you know, those things should be on the forefront of our minds then as, um, as we're receiving the word, as we're hearing the word, as we're studying the word together as a covenant community. Um, it isn't just for my own self-improvement, but that God is addressing in his word a whole community of people. And so um, how will that manifest itself then? How does, you know, if, how could we possibly um, be reading scripture well if we don't have love? Uh, mm for the people in our church. Um, how can we be confessing the love of God if we don't have that? Um, are we really reading for understanding? I, I mean, if, if we're reading, if, if we go to church every single Sunday <laughs> and we hear a sermon preached every single Sunday, um, and if we're even going to the Sunday school class or the Bible studies and, you know, the extra things and we don't have, and we don't show love for one another, and, and, and this one anothering that you see in there, like if it's not transforming us, then, you know, are we really reading for understanding? I think that's exactly right. That the purpose of scripture is to be transformative. Okay. It is, it is yeah. to conform you to the image of Christ. I'll never forget one little um, story I've heard. And when I tell students, I tell them mm -hmm. there was a, there was an, there was a, a new, an Anglican, you know, fresh ordinand, was sent out to his first church and he gets up and he preaches a, a, a sermon that Sunday. And everyone thought oh, it's not a good first sermon. And he comes back the next Sunday and he preaches exactly the same sermon. And people think, well, that's a little bit strange, but oh, hey, look, <laughs> he's probably had a busy week moving, you know, doing everything, getting, getting the internet put on and everything. He's probably just busy. <laughs> but then he comes back the third week and he preaches again the same exact sermon. And at this point, some of the wardens of the church take him up to back and they say to the, say to the, young, the young vicar, say, like, you've preached this sermon three weeks in a row. Are we going to get something different? And he turns around and says, well, when you put my first sermon into practice, then I'll preach a different one. <laughs> um, 
Now that's that's obviously that's obviously a, a fictitious story, or right. maybe it's fictitious, but mm-hmm. that, that's the idea. Um, mm-hmm. You know, preaching is meant to be um, transformative. The purpose transformative. of scripture uh, mm-hmm. is to be trans. It's not meant to be um, entertainment. It's not mm-hmm. meant to be kind of like suggestions. Um, it's it's not like to be ten ten funny things I learned this week from the Bible. Um, that kind of thing. It, it is. It is meant to be transformative, and I guess that comes down through preaching, your own private Bible reading, and also your your Bible reading as part of a group, part part of a community. This is like home group or Bible study groups, you know that that kind of a thing. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess the danger is when the Bible ceases to be transformative. Uh, I mean that that's that's a very sad when well and, and transformative, not even. I mean, this is all connected to the love part, part, I guess, and faith and hope and um, knowledge, but not only in like our active love for one another or active morality, but I think even for our ability to repent, which is something that I just am seeing as, as such a, a struggle, even for leaders in the church today, um, do we believe the gospel? <laughs> and and I think that's one of the most transformative things against our, you know, sinful nature that we totally rely on the Holy Spirit for, you know, this ability to repent. And and I really do think it 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 shows the difference between like if you're just reading God's word um for this kind of outside morality, you know, like it, it's a faux transformation then. You know, mm-hmm. you're just putting on things um that aren't transformative. They're just outward actions. Um, or whether you're reading, you know, to be led and in awe of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. I mean, the purpose of scripture is not like our week of religious instruction in the same way you might be getting a occupational health and safety lecture. It's yeah. not, it's not just OHS for your soul that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, it, it really should be a, a God thing and a Jesus thing, you know, love of God, love of neighbor, being conformed to the, to the image of Christ and, you know, making, uh, making, making a difference. Um, I mean, and there's so many ways I think in the churches, you know, we, we can do that. You know, like I said, the standard preaching and teaching uh, of things. Um, but I mean, I, I want to go to church, or, you know, when I do some study, I, I do want to be, I guess, maybe, I mean, sometimes I'll be challenged. Sometimes I'll be hearing something. Okay, look, this is not new information. I mean, I kind of know this, but it's mm-hmm. good to be reminded of it. Or, uh, or else, okay, it's good to be reminded of this and also why it's really important. Like mm-hmm. I, I know there's a whole bunch of facts or teachings or virtues or responsibilities or types of pieties I should, I should have. Um, and it's good to be reminded, but also being or made to be excited about them. Okay. Right. And delighting know, in it. And, and delighting in that. And I think it's, it's, you know, we, we do need to think of Bible study more at, than the delivery of information. Um, it's, it's, it's got to be the, the transformative aspect as well, but it's also like getting excited, being feeling drawn into what is yeah. in the Bible. And yeah, because it does something to you. It doesn't just teach you something. 
And I think of a character in a John Updike novel, you know, the American novelist John Updike, where he says something about preaching. This applies to biblical study as well. And he goes, look, it's not psychology. It's not sociology. What you should be doing is burning people with the passion of your belief. Mm. Okay. And I think that's, that's a really good thing. Um, yeah. You know, getting people excited about what's in the Bible and why it matters for them. Okay, I think right. I think that, that that's what we. If you do that through whatever whatever the platform is, you know, it could be, you know, your your church's podcast or your your Sunday school program or you know your youth ministry, whatever it is, get people excited about the Bible and believe that it really matters for them in a, in a yeah. serious way. Uh, I think that's that's the number one thing that we want to do if we want to make make it clear how the Bible matters in people's mm-hmm. life, not just something we debate over, not just a rule book, not just a morale, not, not just a guide for how to be a Western civilization. I've seen, I've seen people arguing like that, like, you know, whether the Bible's true or not, at least it's, it's, it's still the basis oh, yeah. for our yeah. Western civilization. Much, yeah. So, you know, whether Jesus came to life or not, who cares? I mean, everything we value in our liberal democracy seems to be based on it. So we need to keep it. Um, I see the attraction of that, but I think that's a, mm-hmm. a low sell. Uh, I think the Bible yeah. is good because it gives you Jesus, and it's, right. it, and it's through 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 the Spirit, like you said. Yeah, the Christ meets us in His Word, and He's the mm-hmm. Lord of the Word, and through the Spirit uh, that becomes a reality through which we meet Christ, and that I think should be the exciting thing. Um, and doesn't that like you know and and. <laughs> It's sad because like, if you grow up in the church, sometimes I think that, you know, you just end up going through the motions a lot, but it should evoke so much wonder in us when we're reading scripture, like just awe and wonder. And I think that, you know, when, when we're really um, approaching it that way uh, as God's word, then it's, it's going to do its work too. And, um, evoking a longing to be with him, you know, a longing for his promises. Like you, you say in your chapter, hope, um, you know, one of the purposes of scripture is to give us hope and it's not just wishful thinking. I think it really ignites, you know, when we're reading his word and especially how, you know, it just weaves into the experiences of our lives too. And in our prayer, but um, we really have our kind of eschatological imaginations are lit up, you know, like by his promises. And, and we get all these pictures through the old Testament through, um, all these pictures of what is to come, um, and that things aren't as they seem. And I mean, that's exciting. So it it does something to us. It doesn't merely teach us, but it does something to us. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, if we're going to have a healthy Christian life, a healthy spiritual life, we need to make the Bible very central in that. Now, I should say there are dangers of that uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, um, uh, I would say Christ, not the Bible, is the center of our faith. I get a little bit nervous when people right. say the Bible is the center of our faith. Um, I mean, Paul, I think Paul says in 1 Corinthians, if you build a foundation on anything else other than Jesus Christ, you're building on the wrong foundation. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to play off Christ on the Bible, you know, make anointo, may that never be. Uh, but we've got to make sure that it's not simply the Bible as the Bible, as if it's a magical book or it's a mythical book. Uh, It's the book that records the actions of God in redemptive history, reminds us that God is for us in Christ Jesus. 
um, it should be a lamp towards our feet. You know, we obey God's word. But there is a sense in which the Bible will always be instrumental um, rather than be the, sort of the ultimate, okay? Yeah, because otherwise the spirit we, works through the word. Exactly. And I think sometimes, though, in our eagerness to accent the authority of the Bible or its significance, uh, we can often end up with a, a higher view of the Bible than we do of God. Um, and yeah. which, which, can, which, which would then be going to a different extreme. You know, some mm-hmm. places where the Bible is ignored, marginalized, or just kind of used as kind of like um, the chips and dips, you know, before the, um, the, the minister pontificates on, you know, things mm-hmm. like 12 biblical tax shelters or, you know, how to be a more godly <laughs> pet owner or such wonderful <laughs> sermon hits as that. Um, you know, we, we, we want to respect the Bible. And if we know its purpose, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're going to have the best respect right. for the Bible there is. Yeah. Well, anything, do you have a final thought on that topic? Well, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking of the danger that you're speaking of there. I think it can also, that, um, that approach to the Bible can also lead to the danger of, um, you know, the authority of our own interpretation of the Bible. You know, oh, like yep. if we don't really have Christ as the center and, you know, him, his spirit is the, the one working, transforming us while we're reading the word. And, you know, so often we can take this biblicist approach, like it's the Bible itself that's magical, like in this one verse that I just pl- plucked out as, you know, telling me this one thing or whatever. And, and we, we assign this false authority then to our own, like, interpretations yeah, and, and, and attach right. that to actually the authority of the Bible. And, and that's right. We need both a, a, an interpretive scheme of love. You know, we want to build up for love of God and love for neighbor. That's the goal of Bible reading. But we've also got a bit of humility there uh, mm-hmm. because th- there is the danger to confuse what God says and what I say. Uh, and then there's a whole yeah. bunch of issues there about the clarity of scripture, about mm-hmm. the need for good interpretation. But yeah, the, you know, when, when you start conflating the authority of the text with the authority of your own interpretation, I mean, all, all, all interpretations insofar as they follow the Bible can be true and authoritative, but you always need that, that asterisk, that FYI, this is how I'm interpreting it. And I'm just a fallible human being, that type of thing. But I think that's definitely why uh, right. Um, you know, a healthy church will be one where the Bible is read, studied, preached upon, quoted, mm-hmm. memorized, and venerated in the in in the proper sense that that we do, I guess, as as Protestants in the Church of Christ. Well, Amy, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, Thank you. Um, I'll pray that one day you uh, spell your name with an I, or maybe I should just change mine to a Y. That would bring more. <laughs> More Come on over to the wild side. Yes. Well, we should get you to Australia one day. We should get you to Australia one day. I would we love can that. Have, we can have so much fun. We can have so much fun. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, Amy, thanks for uh, joining us. Remember, the book is Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew About the Bible. We've been discussing uh, what the purpose of Scripture in the church. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us for 7 Things I Wish Christians Knew. We hope it's been a helpful challenge for some of the unconscious assumptions we make about history's best-selling book. Now, Mike, in a couple of sentences, what would you say we want to take away this time around? We want to take away the idea that the Bible is for our good, okay? It is It is there not as a, like a weight around our necks trying to remind us that we're just worthless smiteful worms okay uh it's it's a it's a reminder it's a constant companion that god loves us and he has set us 
as part of his own holy people. And he has set out a path for us to walk. And this is the book to encourage us, to instruct us, and to help us along the way. So wherever we go, we go with God because we have his word with us. That is definitely worth getting into your head. And if you actually want some help to do so, you can get your own copy of Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew just by following the link in the show notes. Now, next episode and the final episode in this super series, we invite the pastorally sensitive Reverend Megan Curlis Gibson onto the show to discuss the next chapter, Christ is the Center of the Christian Bible. We hope you can join us then. Thanks very much, Mike. Thank you very much, Mark. And thanks to everyone who's listening. You've been listening to the Eternity Podcast Network, eternitypodcasts.com.au.